Did you know there are things that you should practice other than music? Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number 12. I am David Lane and it is great to be with you once again. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that there is a link in the show notes for an app called Fonz, and if you have a private studio of any kind, it's something definitely worth checking out. There's a free trial. It can save you a lot of time on admin work, especially when it comes to scheduling and billing. So check that out in my show notes. That is an app called Fonz. I hope everyone is doing well today. Uh, this is a week where I will be out of town for a couple of days and i also still have the same two recording projects uh, i did get one of my other big projects out of the way but still not a whole lot of time i'm not going to be um, able to record any guests this week so this is a solo episode actually I, I think this one and next week will also be a solo episode but this was something that i was thinking about a lot lately that um i really wanted to share it's not directly related to music but it affects musicians, and I, th I think all musicians can benefit from this in some way. So we're talking about practicing, which of course does have a lot to do with music. If you're a musician on any level, you know that practice on your instrument is important. And good musicians happen to be good at practicing. Composers get better at practicing their composing by writing. Performers get better at practicing their technique as well as challenging repertoire. So the great news is that practice skills actually work on many skills other than just music. The musicians who are successful and they're also content and self-assured, they tend to make a point to exercise their practice skills on some of the things we want to talk about. And some of those things, they might actually help their music, but mostly these are things that make them, first of all, to be more successful in the effort to be marketable as a performer, marketable as a teacher, conductor, composer, or whatever your main focus is. In other words, if you are an aspiring professional, these 10 things that you can practice other than music are very worth carving out time to do just as you would with your music. I want to give you some examples. You might feel possibly like you're as good, if not better at your craft than someone else, but that person has succeeded as, at a high level, doing the very thing that you're doing, while you might feel like you're barely getting by as far as getting some work. If, you're, if that's the case of you, you might want to do a checkup on this list I'm going to share with you. Now, I'm not saying that some musicians make it to the top without doing these things. But I think if you could observe just 100 random successful musicians, you would find that the majority of them are as good at most of these other skills as they are just doing their craft. Conversely, I believe if you observed 100 random musicians who have been at it for a while, but struggle to find gigs and seem to wonder why they aren't getting noticed or hired as often as they'd like, I think you'd probably find an obvious void on most, if not all of these 
non-musical skills. Now, if you're listening to this and you're not a professional musician or you're not even an aspiring professional, uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and listen to the rest of this episode. Um, you might enjoy music as a hobby, but you should still practice these 10 skills. First of all, it might have a residual effect on improving your musicianship. And at the very least, it'll absolutely make you a better person. I think you'll find some relevance. So here are 10 skills that you should practice other than your musical craft. And I'll share how I recommend that you practice each one of them. The first skill you should practice is gratitude. Now this list isn't meant to be in a certain order, but I think I would find it hard to argue that for any of the 10 skills to be more important than this one. I think I've shared this story before. Uh, I know I have. I don't know if I've done it on this podcast. But I was music directing a summer camp production of Beauty and the Beast Jr. in 2016. This was a situation where actors would audition for roles and we would begin a rehearsal on a Monday. And after 10 full days of rehearsal, they had an opening night. And they performed for a, uh, one or two weeks. It, very high intense crash course now near the end of that process <laughs> it, most people are feeling tired and some of them are feeling grumpy it's been a lot of work a lot of effort and frankly until the adrenaline of opening night they're they're kind of coasting in on fumes um and there were people in this cast that were from age i think six might have been the youngest uh, all the way through age 18 and it was one of the high schoolers, not one of the older ones, but maybe I think he was 15 or 16. He asked to speak up and he took a moment to speak to the rest of the cast. And he had this really wise perspective for his age. And he said, just remember, just think, we get to do this. Others are going to watch wishing that they could do this too. But we get to do this. Just relax and enjoy the moment. And I thought that was just a, an amazing perspective. And how often do you think to yourself, I have to do this? And it might be, I have to practice this piece. I have to practice my scales. I have to update my website. I have to go play a gig that maybe isn't my favorite. Or maybe I'm, uh, I've, I've accepted a gig that didn't pay quite as well as I like. But... Never forget, if you are a musician, there are a lot of people in this world that are sitting around wishing that they were musicians too. And for whatever reasons, they have not taken the steps to do that. But you have. You get to do this. So this is all about gratitude. So let's talk about how to practice. I, I promise you th that this skill is easier than anything you'll practice on your instrument next week. Here's all you have to do. In the morning, before you check your email, before you log on to social media, before you start working, say out loud something you are grateful for. If you can, make it three things. Um, also, if you can, make it something different each day, or at least try not to repeat yourself more than twice a week. And then repeat this as the last thing you do before you go to bed each night. I'm willing to bet that if um, if you haven't been doing this already, your sleep will improve. And if your sleep improves, 
so much else about your life and your musicianship will also improve. Gratitude, it might be one of the biggest weapons you have against stress and anxiety. Now to go to the extra mile, keep a journal and write down your full list to review each day. Adding to it as you're inspired and, you know, just giving only one to three things an intense focus and meditation for, for just a minute each morning and each evening. Now, this list is not in a particular order. It's just the order that things came to mind when I was coming up with this list. But the second thing is that you can practice other than music is calling out others in a positive way. Sometimes when musicians have trouble landing gigs, they tend to have one of two tendencies. Most of the time, when they talk about other musicians in their community, it's a list of one themselves. They talk about what they do, and they don't talk about anybody else. Now, part of that may be a genuine lack of respect for other musicians, but it could also be a form of envy. And you may have this thought, if you're guilty of this, that talking about another musician in a positive way could be just getting them more work while you're still waiting for recognition. And of course, sometimes musicians like this talk about other musicians in a negative way. I mean, what better way to lift yourself up than to bring someone else down? And, and I've seen some of these musicians that I know to be really good at their craft, but they use social media for either talking only about themselves or calling out others in a negative way. Maybe, maybe not by name, but it's, but it's there. But speaking of social media, when, when I check out the social media posts of other musicians, you know, not all, but many of them are, are often saying things like, you should check out this other musician. They do such a great job. Or it could be a statement made about a band. Now, what's happening is the paradoxical nature of success. Does being successful lessen their fears of giving away gigs by being generous and positive of others? Or does being generous and positive of others actually have something to do with their success? I'm inclined to think that both are true, but especially the second. So the paradox is this. By being the type of teacher who will praise the work of another teacher, or by being the instrumentalist who praises the work of someone else in your area on your instrument, you show yourself to be confident and personable. The type of person others would like to work with. Complaining or only talking about yourself or being judgmental is actually like a red flag to people who might otherwise want to collaborate with you. So here's how to practice the skill of calling out others in a positive way. One thing you can do is commit to going to a live performance in your area um, once or twice a month or less if, you, if, if it's something you're not able to afford. But every so often, go to a live performance. Find something you genuinely enjoy about the performance or the performers and then tell people about it, either in person or with a social media post. Were there things that you truly didn't like? Well, try the classic grandma advice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. 
But in this case, find something nice to say and say it. Once a month or once every other month is sufficient to show that you are someone who is supportive. Kind of a variation of that is, uh, you know, if uh, money's tight, you're not able to go to a live performance, but you're able to stream a musician who has put something out on Spotify or somewhere where you can go listen to it, tell your friends about them. Again, don't worry about you're not giving away work. You're gaining trust of people who might want to work with someone just like you. The third non-musical thing you might want to practice is a comprehensive study of your apps. Not all of these items that I'm sharing is about relationships or networking. Some of it is actually some things that you should be doing outside of your instrument that will help you to do your job better or make you more efficient at your craft. And this is one of them. At some point in the future, take a comprehensive look at all the types of apps that you should have as a musician. Uh, some of the basics include notation software, such as Finale, Sibelius, Dorico, Notion, um, plenty of others out there, um, as well as a digital audio workstation for recording. Like I use Logic, for example, but there's also Pro Tools, and I'm not even going to try to name some of the others. There are so many out there. There's a variety of attitudes that you can take with these apps after you've bought them, after you've obtained them, and put them on your computer or... Um, or your iPad or a similar device. So the first thing you could do is you could ignore them. Uh, and just to show you that I'm no master at these skills, I have an app I downloaded six months ago and I've never used it even once. I've opened it, I don't even know what to do with it yet, but I did take a step this week and that was, I went to YouTube, found about four or five tutorials from various people, put them on a playlist and it, and I've scheduled a time that as soon as I'm a little less busy, that I will address this issue. So this, I'm, I'm a work in progress with a lot of these. In fact, I should just, I should have said this up front. This list is for me, probably more than anybody else. I don't feel like I'm an expert on any of these and I'm doing pretty well. Okay. You know, okay. <laughs> in some and others, I have a lot of work to do. And this is one that I feel like I'm still on the struggling side. So yeah, you could ignore your apps uh, after you've gotten them. But the second thing that you could also do is you could limit what you do with the apps because you only know a little bit about it. And this is the technical equivalent of finding something you really like at a restaurant and then ordering that every time you go back. And there's nothing wrong with this except for the fact that you might be missing out on something that you'd like just as much, maybe more, if only you'd allow yourself to explore. Now, the third way is the one that will give you the most use of your tools, and that is to take time to learn absolutely everything that your app or your software can do, whether or not you think you'll need that feature anytime soon, and write it down or make some kind of note where you can reference this as you need. So that leads into how to practice this skill. There are two ways to do this that I can think of. I once heard the legendary Broadway notation copyist Emily Grishman say on a podcast regarding notation software, such as Finale, that you should go to the 
far left menu with the preferences and settings, start there and click on everything. Click on absolutely everything. And if it changes something you didn't want, then click undo. Write down what you learned about it. Go through each menu, each submenu, everything until you've made a comprehensive list. Then when you actually need that software to do something, it will not be the first time you've encountered it. Another way to do this, as I kind of just referenced, is to take advantage of tutorial series on YouTube. Unless your app is really obscure, I'm willing to bet that someone knowledgeable has put together a comprehensive series on YouTube. Find all the videos, save them to watch later on your account, and set aside, you know, 30 minutes to an hour each week to watch a video. And if possible, while you're watching the video, open your app to actually practice doing what is mentioned in the video as they're talking about it and you know maybe maybe create a file in that in that software that's a practice file once again write down what you learned you might even want to type what you learned in a document where you can use keywords that you find that you can find with a search the fourth thing you can practice this one's a good one because uh, i bet most people listening to this will probably nod their head in agreement that this one needs more practice. And I'm nodding with you because I definitely, it's something I've been working on for quite a while. The fourth non-musical thing you can practice is mastering time management. So now whether we're talking about your practice time, like with your instrument or uh, exercising or doing homework or updating your website or even reading blogs to help with self-improvement, there is a saying in the professional world from a quote that is attributed to Michael Hyatt. And that is what gets scheduled gets done. Anyone who's ever studied with me or read a few of my blog posts knows how much I value practice. Ask me, ask me how often I practice just because I'm in the mood. The answer is hardly ever. And the same goes with anything else that requires any effort at all. So how do you practice getting better at time management? The solution is planning your schedule. Now, I am most definitely like so many other tasks on this list. I'm no master and I'm constantly tweaking how I handle time management. But there are several things that seem to work best for me that I would recommend that you at least give a try once a week. Write down everything you'd like to do. And I mean everything. It doesn't matter how mundane it is or how important you think it is. Write it down. Everything you'd like to do. Okay. Then you want to rank each item by priority. There are two things that you, that you are specifically looking for on this list after you've ranked them by priority. One, the things with a pending deadline or things that need to be done or stay on schedule that eventually have a later deadline. And uh, two, you want to find the things that matter greatly to you for your future self. In other words, if you want to be a great composer, are you actually taking time for score study and to actually write? I'm talking about the things that nobody's expecting you to do other than yourself, but you need to be scheduling it. 
if it's something that really matters and it's something that you know you should be doing. The next point is that you want to give plenty of time for each task that involves mental concentration. Uh, I'm a big fan of Cal Newport. And as he says in his book called Deep Work, it sometimes can take a while to get into a flow state. If you're changing tasks every 30 minutes, you might be robbing yourself of the chance to maximize your production. Estimate the time you really need to get something done when planning your week. The third point is that, that anything that isn't imminent or truly important Postpone it for another week or see if it's important to do it all. And, and that's just saying if you don't have time for it. Fourth point of this way of practicing is that you need to schedule absolutely everything in a calendar app with notifications. Apple and Google calendars are perfectly fine for this as long as you have event notifications. These apps are also great because you can repeat events at a frequency. Don't rely on a checklist app like Google Tasks. You need to schedule a time and day for everything. The next point I want to share is the two-minute rule. I heard another author say this. If it's a task that can be done in two minutes or less, do it right away. Now, while I told you to keep your calendar <laughs> notifications on, the next point is that you should turn off all distractions. So you, you should put your phone on do not disturb. Um, allow your calendar app to still not be included in that. Turn off notifications for all social media apps and email if you haven't done this already. You should only check those apps when you've allowed time for it. So, so that reminds me, schedule some free time. You don't have to plan what you're doing during that time, but leave some time for downtime. Booking every waking hour is productive in the short term, but it's also a sure recipe for burnout in the long term. The fifth non-musical thing that you should probably be practicing is taking breaks. <laughs> so this, this needs little explanation, but it's important. Let's talk about how to practice it. I'm a big fan of the Pomodoro Technique. So it requires a timer or an alarm system, but basically you commit to taking a five minute break after every 25 minutes of work, or the variation of that is that you commit to taking a 10 minute break after every 50 minutes of work. I personally like that second one. During the break, you want to get away from the task. In fact, don't even think about it. Don't use the time to check your email or social media if there's any chance that what you find will cause your mind to get sidetracked or concerned. Hint, it probably will. There are Pomodoro timer apps to help you with your schedule. And if you have a smartwatch, it can also provide you break alerts. And again, during the break, it's a great time to just get up, walk around, uh, go get yourself some water, step outside for a moment but give yourself some breaks. This is especially good if you're practicing, by the way. If you're practicing without any any way of breaking up the time, you, you know it feels like at the moment you can get a lot done. You might be practicing for two, three, four hours without, without a break, but then you feel it later. You feel the stiffness from sitting down so much, or if you stand up all the time, you feel the stiffness in your ankles. 
you want to you want to take that time to get your mind away get your body back those breaks i think are really important even if you think you're the type of person who doesn't really need them in the long term i bet you'll be glad that you take time for breaks so the sixth thing that you can practice this is a little complicated but i'll try to go through it really carefully and that is to build helpful systems and again i'm still working on this one myself but uh with each passing month I realized the urgency of making this a better habit. For example, I have a podcast <laughs> that is taking a lot of time each week just to produce one episode per week. There's a system for improving any task that you can apply to get back a lot of your time. And it takes quite a bit of work up front, but it's ultimately very worth it. And that system is called ADRO, A-D-R-O. It stands for Automate, Delegate, Relegate, Obliterate. So how do you practice? Well, with each task that you do, you want to see if it's possible to either automate, delegate, relegate, or obliterate some of it. So what does this even mean? Talking about automate. Can you get technology to do it for you on a regular basis? So when you schedule a daily or weekly event in your calendar once, Use the repeat function so you don't have to keep scheduling it each week. If you have online banking, I think it's a great idea to automatically schedule each bill. Your email program likely has the ability to create templates that you can choose to at least get started with most types of replies. And you can personalize it if, if you want, but if you can have that template to get started, that is a shortcut for your time. Uh, you might want to consider a calendar service that allows you to share a scheduling link with others. I no longer have to spend time going back and forth with prospective students and parents about lesson times because I can send them my link through Fonz, my booking link. And when they click on that, they see all of my available lesson times. What can you make automatic so you, that you don't always have to do it yourself? Now let's talk about Delegate. Delegate is when you assign something to someone else. There are things that only you can do. <laughs> only you can exercise for yourself. Only you can practice your instrument. One big example for me is tax preparation, which is on my list to do very soon. <laughs> At least, let me, let me elaborate. It's on my list to do um, the part that I need to do. Because uh, even though I've done this many times myself, and wasted entire days doing it. And I even thought that the last time that I did it might just send me to the emergency room. The fee that I pay a certified tax accountant is worth every penny for the stress reduction and for the time that it saves me. So think about all the things you do. What, are, what is anything that you can give to someone else to do? And there's nothing wrong with especially if you're a professional and this is a business, there's absolutely nothing wrong with trading your dollars for time. The third type of system that you can do is to relegate. So relegate simply means demoting the importance of that task. So you can't do everything, not even the things that you'd like to do. I might like to stay current on what 
all of my friends are watching on Netflix Prime or any other streaming service, who, however many there are now. <laughs> but doing so would take away from the time that I need to do what matters to me. I occasionally sit down and watch something, but there are entire weeks where I don't watch a single minute of anything. That's not to brag or or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I would like to sit down and, and watch things more often than I do, but I don't get a whole lot of downtime some weeks. And right now, and this could change, but right now I value reading more than watching things in my downtime, at least at the moment. There are things in your life that you don't have to eliminate, but you you willingly say to yourself they're they're not important and it's okay if they don't happen even for long stretches. So think about what can you relegate. And then the last thing is obliterate. And this means just get rid of it. Years ago, I sold my French horn because it was sitting around in my house, not being used year after year. And I'd had it for years and I used to play it a lot, but it I was on a stretch where I just wasn't playing it. And I had a New Year's resolution seemingly every year to practice French horn, but I never did. Having it around was actually keeping me from getting rid of that goal because I didn't want to admit that I didn't value the horn anymore. Was it easy to sell my horn? No. And do I sometimes wish that I had an opportunity to play the horn? Yes. But I think of how many times I looked at the horn and I didn't pick it up. There was a two-year stretch where I picked it up one time total. That was something I needed to obliterate. Now it's not a distraction. It's not even a potential for a distraction. Some things are easier. I often donate clothes that I haven't worn in a long time. So to obliterate something for your life is to let it go completely. Sometimes it's the only way that you can make room for something else that might matter more. The seventh non-musical thing that you can practice is some form of meditation. Now, meditation is simply taking time to breathe and or to be aware of what your mind and body are doing as well as paying more attention to the world around you as it is. So how you can practice this is for some of you, this could be a genuine meditation, like guided with an app or through self-practices, either in the morning or at night. And for some of you, this may be a type of prayer that you do, one that includes contemplation and awareness rather than asking for something. And I, and I do think it's a different type of prayer than your gratitude prayers. But for others who don't want to do traditional meditation or praying, it's simply getting out in nature without music without an audiobook, without a podcast, even this one, and just enjoying the moment or being aware of the moment. However you define meditation, this is a skill that's it's truly hard to find anyone who's been truly successful in their career and managing their stress well, who doesn't do at least a few minutes each day. So now I just mentioned nature, so that brings me to the eighth non-musical thing that you can practice, and that is getting outside. Unless your featured instrument is the bagpipes or the alpine horn, you're probably inside a lot as a musician. Show me the days when I really seem depressed, and I'll show you the days 
where I failed to get outside. They're very often the same. This one's a pretty easy one to practice. You just need to get outside for a few minutes every day. But especially when there's some sun that you can absorb, some vitamin D, which, uh, which is essential for both physical and mental health. I try to do a 30-minute walk each day. For me personally, I don't think that a treadmill is a substitute for this. Getting out is, is as important as the movement itself. If you don't have 30 minutes, try 20, try 10, find the right amount, but try to get outside every day. The ninth thing that you can practice that I think is important doesn't happen to be music would be physical workout that includes core muscles and mobility. So even if you have some of the rare musician activities that don't require sitting down, working in music has high potential to become very inactive. Um, the sweating that you do on your scales doesn't count. Chronic sitting can lead to hip and back problems, largely caused by the weakening of your core muscles. So how to practice this? Well, some musicians enjoy bona fide weight training, but if that's not your thing, consider calisthenics or yoga. But you want something that works on both strength and mobility, so not just cardio. If you don't think you have the time, try twice a week. Three, three times a week is even better. I will say I'll just offer that I get a, a lot out of the online programs from GMB Fitness. Uh, you can find them on YouTube if you're if you're looking for something helpful. But there are a lot of options out there. Um, you you can go all in, get a personal trainer. But I really just commit to some kind of exercise that you like that helps your core. Um, and I really think include mobility. So so I would say if you are into weight training, you should probably include some days where you don't do the weights, but you work on movements that improve your mobility. No, it's easy for me to say that I'm in my late 40s. You might be listening to this in your 20s. And um, and I certainly remember when I was that age and um, it didn't seem to matter how little I exercised. Everything was just fine. I will tell you that all comes, you, you pay on that eventually if you're not regularly taking care of your body. The 10th thing you might want to practice that doesn't involve music is talking to others about them not about you. This has been a very hard habit for me to create. And it's one that I think that because I didn't do better for so long, it had an effect on the quantity of work I've been able to generate or the number of friendships that I've been able to develop. Everybody loves talking about themselves. Everybody. What likable and engaging people have in common is that they make it easy for others to talk about what they're going through. So making the other person the topic of conversation doesn't mean that you won't get a chance to talk about yourself, but by relegating that as a priority, you exercise listening, empathy, and you create connections that can lead to better friendships and better networking. Now we'll talk more about networking in an episode in the future. But I will go ahead and tell you that what it does not involve is going up to someone and telling them how great you are at your craft. 
and how you want them to give you a job. <laughs> Good networking has to do with you finding something to ask them about themselves. And even if you're shy and introverted like me, you can practice this and all the other habits to get better. So how, how to practice this? Every time you talk to someone, commit to talking about how they're doing. Now, a next level approach, ask specific things that you know about them. So you could ask, how are things going? And that's okay. But asking something like, how did that test go that you had last week? Or how's your brother doing since he, since he got sick? Those are more meaningful questions that show that you've been listening in previous conversations and you've been thinking about this person. This is a hard task to develop, but it does, as I mentioned, it involves listening. And, uh, and I do believe skills carry over. If you get become a better listener when talking to your friends, when talking to your potential collaborators, you're going to be a better listener at music and at the music that you're making. So that is what is on my mind this week. So what are some things other than music that you think that musicians should practice more? And maybe what would you add as far as how to practice any of these things that I've shared? You can, of course, leave me a message through a comment or a message on my website. But I really appreciate it when, when people reach out and actually leave me a voice message that I can share here. And you can do that at speakpipe.com, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E.com slash musician toolkit. Now, just remind you about some of the other places that you can find me and the podcast. At the moment, they're not separate, but you can find me on Instagram or TikTok, as well as the podcast at David Lane Music, on Facebook at David M. Lane Music, and if you're not already watching on YouTube, you can find this episode there and find other things that I share. My handle at YouTube is at David Lane Music One. The website for, for this show is at davidlanemusic.com slash toolkit. Once again, just a reminder, it means a lot if you would share a five-star rating or review, if that's something you can honestly give, especially if you listen at Apple or Spotify and if you enjoyed this episode or know someone who could get something out of this, which this is a pretty broad episode. So even your non-musician friends might find this useful. Please share this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back with you again next week.